Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The New Standard. And as always, I have my partner in crime to my left, Neil Kulong. What's up, Big Neil? Oh, boy, Lance. We've uh, we've reached a new low here. I'm doing well. I don't think most Steelers fans are doing well. But um, in the grand scheme of things, we've seen this before. We knew this was coming. It was actually worse than I thought that it would be. But um, at the very least, there are no positive takeaways from this one. A, a pretty brutal Steelers loss today, 35-13 to the Philadelphia Eagles, the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles, who set probably all kinds of records offensively, defensively, and I'm sure they did something cool on special teams as well. But uh, a great team, a tough loss for Pittsburgh today. They fall to 2-6 and six on this 2022 season. 2-6, and six. Lance. We haven't seen that since 2013. No, we haven't seen that since about <laughs> 12 minutes ago. <laughs> it's here it is it's on here. us it, it, it's it landed now. right on our face it, it is on us you know what before we jump into the program as always please go to youtube and hit us with a like and subscribe we are already or excuse me almost monetized so joe jamie new listener please like and subscribe to the program so if you are listening to the program friday 92 Make sure you like and subscribe to the program. We need to get monetized before the bye week. So that could be the happy thing going into Steeler Nation news is we'll be monetized, hopefully, by the bye week. Also, if you want to listen to the show on a podcast reader or feeder, uh, just go to your podcast feeder. Go to Spotify, Apple, Google Pods. And do a search for the new standard and Lance Williams or Steelers or the new standard Lance Williams, Neil Kulong, Steelers, some combination of the three. And when I was watching this game, Neil, two things kind of jumped to me. What Melvin said, boy, do the Steelers suck. And they did absolutely nothing right today. So I'm going to take half of that phrase. And I'm going to say, wow, the Steelers really suck. But... We knew that coming into the game. If you did not know that coming into the game, you definitely did not listen to this show. And shame on you. And please listen to the new standard, like, and subscribe. The reality is such that they're a treading football team, a.k.a. sexy tanking. They're just not good. They're in a transition uh, of becoming what they're going to be in the future. And if you need a reference as to what a Super Bowl contending team looks like the Steelers have given you a glimpse of two of those teams both in the AFC and the NFC Philadelphia is a team particularly with the acquisition of Robert Quinn that is good enough to compete for a Super Bowl and they're going to have to be because Dallas absolutely destroyed the Bears tonight and you're going to have to play ball to win that division because the Giants are winning as well um that's a championship competing. That's a contending, a Super Bowl contending team. You want to know what another Super Bowl contending team is that they played this year? The Buffalo Bills. So they've played two teams that if you were to put a gun to my head and say, have a realistic chance to compete for a Super Bowl title this year, it's those two teams. That's what it looks like. So I just want to kind of reset what you guys are thinking about when you're watching these games, 
and you're watching a team and saying, oh, yeah, we're good. We're this. We're that. We got weapons. We're competing for it. No. The Steelers aren't competing for a championship. Those teams are competing for a championship. Good teams, great teams, teams that are legitimate contenders do what the Eagles and the Bills did to the Steelers. They beat them mercilessly. I was going to try to say that. I was just mer- Mercilessly. Yes, 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 yes. That's my flub early as I was trying to get it out. It felt like the Steelers' offense on third down is that I think it went one for 13. Uh, it just felt inept. Like, I couldn't get merci- mercilessly. Yes, that's I have it. Words like, I have words like that that I can't say. I'll just completely avoid ever trying to say it out loud. Well, you know, I, I, I'm still going to not live in my fears when it comes to my vocabulary usage and try to get those words out Uh But like Mel said, no development today, nothing but regression. But that's what it's going to possibly look like each week. Now, we could jump into the we could jump into the game itself. I I I I I don't know uh, how much value that is. I I think we're going to take it to a sixty-four thousand foot perspective, because if you were listening to the Steelers broadcast, if you were listening to Wolfley, I mean, it was absolutely hilarious. Wolfley was like, you know, this game is out of reach, but you still got to call the timeouts. It's about letting Pickett get as many reps and snaps as possible in games. You know, we're, we're at that point. We're at the point where everything is developmental. Every, every rep, every, every drive. I mean, it's all developmental. The staff is going to have to evaluate these guys and see, you know, who's worth keeping around, who's going to be around next year, what's it going to look like. And speaking of what's it going to look like, there is a rumor being floated by Aditi, and I could not pronounce Aditi's last name. Kinkabwala. Aditi is just what she goes by. It's much easier. It is true. Thank you, Neil. So Aditi is, is floating a rumor that barring a good offensive performance that Matt Canada was going to get replaced. Here's the first question in an ideal world. And this is a hard question to kind of frame like this in an ideal world, when you have a functional offense in your mind, how much credit for that offense do you put on the offensive coordinator? And secondly, in your viewpoint, what is the overall, what, what's the job? What's the minutia behind the position of being an OC? Um, okay, here's the thing. You can pick apart everything on this offense right now and make a lot of arguments about who's not playing well. If our end design in that conversation is to find one component that can be fixed to solve everything else, it's going to be a very long and pointless conversation. That said, your offensive coordinator is in charge of your offense. I know, it seems crazy. If the offense isn't working, the offensive coordinator is in charge of fixing it. More than anything else, I I feel 
That's more of the job of an NFL coach, fixing what isn't working, setting them up to succeed, but fixing what isn't working. To this point, in this game in particular, I don't think that Matt Canada has given anybody any reason to feel like he is capable of fixing what they have. That is not entirely because of Matt Canada. Okay, that, that's the curveball to the whole thing. Sometimes somebody not being able to fix what's wrong doesn't mean that they're at fault. It means they need to find somebody who can. Now, I honestly don't think that person exists on earth. I don't think you could wake <laughs> Bill Walsh up from a long sleep and put him in charge of the offense and get better results than what they have right now. They're that bad. At the same time, though, Matt Canada, his fingerprints are, or at the very least, should be all over this offense, and it's terrible. They are a, a miserable offensive team. Ask yourselves this, Steelers fans. Lance, I know you know the answer to this. When is the last time you heard of the Pittsburgh Steelers being ranked dead last in the NFL in scoring offense, or scoring defense, excuse me? They are, <laughs> I can't talk, I'm so excited. Scoring offense, they are the worst scoring offense team in the NFL. Thanks in part to the Broncos scoring what they scored today, the Steelers are averaging 15 points a game on offense. They used to score 15 points a half. Okay. With a defensive touchdown. Yes, that's with a defensive touchdown as well. So technically their offense scores a little better than 14 points a game. And you know as well as I do, they're not getting two touchdowns a game. They only get one of those a game. That's all they're ever allowed. If they're that bad offensively, which they are, there's no just show up and fix it. They're not going to be able to do that. I feel at this point, and this is completely uncharacteristic of the Steelers, a change is needed at their offensive coordinator position simply because this is embarrassing. It's a joke. You can't continue doing what you're doing and expect to get different results. And if you were trying to sell a team to continue fighting, to continue working, to try to set something up for the future, because that's all the Steelers have right now, let's be honest they're going to need to make a seismic change to send a message to everybody. We're still here fighting. We're going to go about this a different way. And we are taking accountability within our own coaching staff. We are also going to hold you accountable. Najee Harris, the guy who actually got outproduced today by the undrafted rookie. I'd, I'd like to point out four players in this game, Lance rushed for more yards than Najee Harris did. And only one of those four players had let, had more carries than he did. Okay, that's not good. Your offensive coordinator might not be specifically to blame for that, but if they're overseeing the offense and they are not capable of getting more out of the running game, they need to make a change, and that's where they are right now. Um, as to Aditi's report, it sounds an awful lot to me like knee-jerk reaction, like fan hyperbole more than anything. We haven't seen the Steelers make a public change or demotion to a coordinator during the season in Mike Tomlin's tenure. I would probably have to go back to Bill Cowher's days to see that anyway, because that happened a lot more often back then. It doesn't happen specifically in the NFL today. It would not surprise me if we find out later somebody else took over the play calling duties and they kept Canada in the position that he was in to wait to the end of the year because they have to pay him anyway. I would not be surprised to hear that that happened. It happened in 2015 with Keith Butler. If you recall, um, that, that team defensively was terrible starting off the year. 
Tomlin took the reins over from Butler, who was in his first year at that point, and they changed up a lot of the stuff that they were doing. I don't think we've seen anything to suggest there's been much of a change with the Steelers' offense. So I think Kennedy is still the one that, that's running it and coordinating it. If they flat-out fire him, that'll be totally new ground. We, we would not have seen that in a, a very long time in Pittsburgh. It would be, however, completely justified. And I am typically at the back of the line of the, the fire the coordinator mob. I'm usually not somebody that gets into that. This just simply isn't working. I, I There's no other way to explain it. They are a terrible offensive team. It, it is as bad as it seems. They are the worst offensive team in the game. I don't want to hear about Carolina. I don't want to hear about the Bears. Pittsburgh is the worst offensive team in the game. And if you don't want to do something about that, fine. But you know as well as I do, Matt Canada is not coming back next season. So do you want to just get on with it? Give Mike Sullivan a shot? Because I'm betting that that's the guy they're going to go with anyway. I think that makes sense, Lance. What, what say you? You know, I think Grayson has a point here. And he's saying, guys, it's just a bad <laughs> mix of scheme, philosophy, and personnel. And, 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 I, and I'm glad that Grayson said that because in charmingly sophisticated S, that is a fantastic handle. Um, that that is that is fantastic. That that's probably the best handle I've heard in years. It's not as easy. I think as football fans, we want to make it A plus B equals C. I replace B. I you know, we want to make the solution to the problem very linear. Uh, very absolute, very easy. Unfortunately, when you're choreographing 11 people, it's not going to be that simple. Uh, it's going to be a mix of personnel. It's going to be a mix of coaching. It's going to be a mix of scheme, like Grayson said. Now, for me, I try to keep it simple in terms of how I look at it. The ultimate measure, I think, of an offensive coordinator is, you know, the points you put on a board. Like, you could be... Like you could be a bad coordinator. You can call bad stuff, stuff that really doesn't get open. But you could have better jocks, better Joes, whatever jocks and Joes than the other team. And guys just beat guys physically. And it works. You could just be so, your personnel could be so great. You don't have to be Bill Walsh to coordinate an offense. You guys are just good. You got a great quarterback. You got a great O-line. You got great receivers. You got a great running back. Sometimes good coaching is getting out of the way. Like it, Sometimes it's not complicating it. So it's this delicate mix. Ultimately, it's about points. Now, the Steelers don't score points. And when we do every prediction for every game, I always predict a score below 20 points because I've asked Neil every single week on every show, can they score 20 points? Neil succinctly says, no. Bingo. And so. <laughs> and then they back me up every week. It's great. <laughs> so it's Making like, a lot of money on this. <laughs> if you want an offense that wants to score points, clearly you have to make a change for Matt Canada. But here's the point that I want to get to, and this is the next question I want to ask you, Neil, because I don't care whether they do it tomorrow in five minutes at the end of the season. I think more importantly, it's good for me. what we have to ask, and you keep saying Mike Sullivan, 
Viper 7290 says, bring back Todd Haley. I'm going to say it right now. <laughs> if they hire Mike Sullivan, I'm going to just get out in front of it and say, it's going to be a train wreck next year. If you hire Mike Sullivan, you're saying that it's not philosophy. It's not all that other stuff. It's just the actual guy. It's, it's just Matt like. Canada. It's the candidate, not what the candidate believes or his philosophy. It's just the candidate. Put a prettier guy in a position, and it'll all work itself out. So long-winded, in a long-winded way, I'm getting to this question. How many of you feel, and I want you to address it, and I want you guys to speak to it in the chat. Do you feel Mike Tomlin is capable of hiring an offensive coordinator that's halfway decent? Like I, I like my, my question is, is this staff, is Tomlin good enough to hire a good enough coordinator? And more than that, and you can speak to both, is he the guy, is his staff going to be good enough to develop Kenny Pickett? I mean, those are the questions that you have to ask. I mean, this guy hired Matt Canada. Question. You know, he from hired, he hired Matt. He hired Matt Canada. To this point, from what I've seen of Kenny Pickett, I'm not sure anybody's going to be able to develop him. It's not a coaching issue. He's just not very good. Uh, they, they've got an uphill climb with that, but certainly that has to be the focus of their attention if they're looking for somebody to coordinate the offense. Now, the coordinator is not the direct position coach of a player in most cases. Sometimes the Steelers have had the wisdom of the past of having the coordinator be the quarterback's coach as well. And it really just kind of became Ben's servant more than anything else. They obviously <laughs> want to avoid that problem. Sullivan carries with him the stigma of exactly what they've done with the last two offensive coordinators, who I think it is reasonable to say fell way shorter than the one that came before them, the two that came before them, uh, if you want to look at it that way. I took a lot of heat back in the day in regards to my support for Todd Haley and the, the offense that he ran. I understand there is a difference between the talent level today versus what it was back in 2014, 2015. But Todd Haley uh, helped craft and guide what they had. He didn't just go out and do everything that he wanted to do only. He built everything around the players that he had, and he had some good players. It doesn't seem that either... It, it, it did not seem, and it doesn't seem, that Randy Fickner nor Matt Canada have a whole lot of diversity in what they do. And at the same time, they are stymied quite a bit by the fact that they've had a bad offensive line. They have not gotten much on their, their investment in those positions. Uh, it seems to me, anyway, the receivers this season are regressing. They're worse than they have been. And their running game is terrible, talent-wise. Okay, so if they don't have a whole lot of talent to work with. It's hard to come up and, and make hay with something that isn't good. I, I get that. It doesn't excuse you from averaging 15 points a game. Mike Sullivan is 14. front row <laughs> center to that dumpster fire. To suggest he should take over, not entirely sure that's a great idea. But I will say this. If you want Mike Sullivan to do it, and you want not the public to weigh in on it, but you want to justify the possibility of having him be your, your long-term coordinator, you fire Matt Canada, 
because Mike Sullivan is the only guy that's going to be able to take over right now. Okay. I, I'm, I don't think we're being serious about the idea of actually hiring Todd Haley, but they're not going to be able to bring him in tomorrow. They need somebody who's on staff who knows what's going on already. And the season's a wash anyway. I mean, there's not really anything they're going to be able to do. They can work to continue to improve. If Sullivan shows he's up to that challenge, then you, you might have your answer with that. Or if he doesn't, you tried, done. You know, maybe it doesn't need to be get rid of him. Maybe they can move him back to the quarterback's coach and, and move on. I don't know, but they can answer that question. The thing that, that is preventing them from doing that is the presence of Matt Canada. Are they going to do something about him or not? I Honestly, all history says no. All logic says yes. Sometimes the Steelers go one way or another. They're kind of hard to predict in that way. Uh, my gut is at this point now, it's that bad. Uh, they need to do something, and it, it's going to have to start there, uh, even up to a point where, I, you know, I don't know how much more we need to see of Kenny Pickett. He clearly can't play. He's not good enough. Najee Harris is not good enough. They have backups who are, at, at minimum, better than the two of them. Their offensive line isn't particularly good. At this point now, Lance, you have to try something. You have to at least work on something for the sake of the future. What they're continuing to do clearly is not producing results. It can't be what they're hoping to do next year. So what what are you saving it for? I don't understand. The, the stuff that you put down on film now isn't making a difference. You can't execute anything. Your quarterback turns the ball over one every 20 times. He, he has an action with it. All of these are really, really bad things, and they're they're destroying the offense and they're destroying their ability to win games. When you assume things, and I hate this phrase, when you make an assumption, you make an ass out of you and me. Like that, like I hate that, but I love a little too hallmarky, right? Like I love to say that, and Mister Tummy, big up to Mister Tummy. He chimed in and he asked the following question. And I want to toss it to you because I did make an assumption, right? Is it Tomlin's decision or is there, or is it Tomlin's decision when it comes to the coordinators? Is he, is he alone in charge? Obviously the ownership is going to weigh in it, to, to weigh in it, but does Tomlin have free reign or is it him, the GM? Can he go out and get his guy? Let's just say in a, in a perfect world, Tomlin says, I want to go get Eric Bieniemy, And Eric Bieniemy is amenable to coming to Pittsburgh, says, I like Kenny Pickett. I like Tomlin. I want to come in here and I want to be the coordinator. Can Tomlin just flat out say, that's the guy I want. We're going to make a move on him. Come on, Art. Um, you know, sign him, whatever. Let's get this guy. Let's get this thing going. How much control in your estimation does Tomlin have over his staff? I think and this is just the way that we know it to have worked when it was Tomlin, Colbert, and Rooney. Between the three of them, when push comes to shove, I think there's a, a hierarchy uh, that they might follow. Like Rooney is going to do what Rooney wants to do if he is compelled to do that. But at the same time, they spoke often about making decisions as a group. The three of them would confer. They would want to get on the same page and make the decision that they all feel is, is collectively the best thing to do. People make it out to be like it, it's some evil, nefarious situation where they show up at the emperor's desk and, and ask for this blessing, and he either says yay or nay with the turning of his thumb. It, it, it's it, it, Kevin Colbert's on the sideline during games. 
They know what's going on. Okay. It's, they're going to sit and talk about it collectively. If somebody is really pushing for something and he can convince the other two to go along with it, they'll do that. That's, that's not, that's leadership. It's not uncommon at all. Um, Whether it's Tomlin's decision or not is irrelevant. Clearly they're all faced with the same problem. If the three of them sat down and say, should we do this? They'll weigh out the, the pros and the cons. And maybe if Tomlin says, look, I can't coach with this guy. He's terrible. The other two might not agree with that because they're not dealing with that. But they say, look, you know what? The, the head coach has to have say over the staff. We'll get rid of him. But that's not Tomlin making the decision. It, it's, it's, it's a group thing. It's a collective effort. Um, with the value that you would have, and we talked about this back in the spring, Lance, when they hired Omar Khan into the general manager position, the value of having somebody uh, from your, your internal group take a position like that is the continuity that comes with it. You can carry on that same type of culture. Two of the three are used to that. The third one's going to come on, come in line with it. So my guess would be that's what they would want to do. I don't know if that means keep him or get rid of him. I really don't. And neither do you. Neither does anybody else. I don't think Aditi knows either. I think it, it sounds an awful lot to me like somebody that wants that to happen. So they said that's what was going to happen. The Steelers don't operate with that kind of thing. They would not send out a, a decision maker, which is really just that triumvirate of Rooney, Khan, and Tomlin. Those three would not leak a, a threat to the media. They just wouldn't. So if her source is somebody who's close to that decision-making process, it, it's not that I don't believe it so much. It's that it just doesn't seem in line with how they would do business. So I, I don't know. What I know is this. We're going to find out real quick if she's full of it or not, because there's no way Matt Canada did not meet uh, the, the, the bad threshold in this case. It was a terrible offensive game again. And if that's if, if what she reported was true, he'd be fired. So we'll, we'll find out if he's going to be or not. Jake shoots stuff, and Jake sounds like a new listener. Jake How plausible is this? I, I like that, too. How plausible is this with Jake writes? I heard Canada doesn't include position group coaches in the game planning process. That doesn't seem plausible. Um, that, doesn't, that doesn't seem. I think there are a lot of ways that you could interpret that. Um, does he take specific, we're going to do this and this and this. In other words, when you're putting together a game plan, you're going off the stuff that you've uh, practiced, your, your philosophical stuff that you want to run. Oftentimes, position coaches will say, this down and distance, this package, I want them to run these routes because they're good at these routes. Coordinator might incorporate that into new plays that they'll draw up, but they essentially know. Uh, that they have to practice and go over with the quarterback. Or they might say, I'm going to drop the routes. I will take care of all that with your suggestions in mind. Either way, you, you could interpret that to be the coordinator is not taking the position coach's uh, opinions or desires into account. Or it just might be that that it's not as structured as that. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know specifically what that would mean. Um, I'll say this. It, it, it would seem weird. In both cases, a, a first-time wide receivers coach, which is what the Steelers have this year, uh, dictating to the offensive coordinator what the receivers are going to do. I don't think that's all that normal, nor do I think that it would be wise of an offensive coordinator uh, to not take the the um, the thoughts 
the opinions, uh, the observations of the position coaches who are working much more specifically with those players than the coordinator is. Coordinator usually sits in on all those meetings and they have a general uh, philosophy that they're trying to incorporate for that particular week. And the, the position coach is the one speaking to that in the meetings. So it's a consistency thing. I, my point is I could see it going either way and I don't necessarily know if that's good or bad. Um, but I, I will say this, Lance, um, 15 points a game. I think you're doing a lot of things wrong. I, I don't, you know, it, it's hard <laughs> in today's NFL. Lance, we were down on this offense badly <laughs> this off season. What did we predict for them? 21 points a game, something like that. It almost yes. seems like an accident that they even score points. They're, yes. they're horrendous. How many yards yes. do they have today? Couldn't have been. And I'm laughing. In terms of how many yards do they have today? Yards. How many yards do they have today as a team? Let me look at the game. But they had 300 three, on the 315 nose. would be my guess. Okay. They had 300 on the nose. And they ran 70 plays. And they ran 70 plays. This is the same. It, it's the same game as Buffalo. It's the same game. They Ten were good drives, on fourth down. Though. 70 plays. They averaged 4.3 yards a play. <laughs> this is just miserable. Yikes. And they were one of 12 on third down. There were two words that you talked about, Neil, that came up when you were talking about Tom and the coaches and the questions that I asked. I've been married for 23 years. And you said collaboration. Um, that it doesn't matter if it's just Tomlin or if it was uh, Rooney or if it was Colbert at the time when he was the GM and ran the operation. You said collaboration. That there was a collaborative decision. Now, I've been married for about 23 years, and I'm going to tell you, collaboration does not exist. <laughs> collaboration. I wasn't speaking in the concept in the confines of marriage, Lance. I'm no, 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 no. Business no, I, I, and reality. I, I, I know what you're saying, but collaboration does not exist in marriage, in football teams, in decision making. There is a perceived collaboration. Because the, the definition of collaboration, I'm looking at Webster's, the action of working with someone to produce or create something. Now, in most instances, collaboration is, yeah, but it always typically comes down to someone is making the decision, taking input, okay, we're going to well, collaborate on this decision collaboration just okay. leads How about you this? to is is there a difference in your marriage is there a difference between who's deciding what to watch on tv versus uh where to live two different no. decisions Real, they're okay. different decisions i, I can see the person who decides I, I think this is something you, you you need to talk to your counselor about lance but <laughs> it, it, it's, it's the same there is there is no collaboration <laughs> there is perceived collaboration ultimately somebody's going to make the decision and somebody's going to have to be disappointed rarely is there consensus that's, and collaboration yes, that's only in of course my my wife heard me talking about this so she came down probably to, to spy and make sure i'm not getting too far out of line with my opinions of collaboration it, the idea <laughs> is when you when you're facing a major decision it's not one person. It's never going True. to be one person. True. It could come down to one person. Yes. Giving the, the let's yay, nay, whatever it is. 
but you're going to discuss that in depth. It's going to yes. be a collaborative effort to come up with the decision because you're right in the end, it, it, you know, unless you're voting and a, a split vote goes one way, you can't collaborate and come to the same decision if you don't agree. So yes. it's, the point is you're, you're hashing out the whole process. Correct. That is what I would feel they're doing as far as their offensive coordinator would go, because it, Rooney would know. And certainly Tomlin does. They've had issues with coordinators in the past and they haven't fired him in, in the middle of the season. So it would seem logically they would need something compelling. I don't, they've never been, I don't think really even all that close to the worst scoring deep, worst scoring offense in the NFL. And that's where they are. And they've earned every bit of that. That's not a fluke. That's not an accident. There's no reason to think they're going to come back after the bye. And that's exactly, this is exactly what Canada spoke to on Thursday. This is another reason why it's just, it, it's time to go. He said, we're close. We're this, we're that. We have all these things together. You had a worse performance in this game than you did the last one. You're not close to anything. I can't believe anything that you're saying anymore. You're saying it because you have to, and I appreciate it. I appreciate the effort. A lot of things went wrong. You're not the only one, but the point is now we need somebody to fix it. This is not punitive, okay? It's not a punishment. I'm not looking for vengeance. I'm looking for offense. What you're doing isn't working. We just we need to find something else. Here's your salary for the rest of the year. Good luck. God bless. Sullivan's going to take over, and we'll we'll see if he's worth keeping after the season. Now, speaking to Sullivan, in this podcast, I should title it The Killer Seas, Continuity, uh, Compelling, and Consistency, and Collaboration. All these Cs. Here's another killer C word, continuity. And that's what every Steeler fan and Steeler Nation should be afraid of. This offense stinks. And you said it so astutely. Sullivan is part of this offense stinking. When you look at the definition of continuity, the unbroken or consistent existence of operation or something over a period of time, the maintenance of continuous action and self-consistent detail in the various (laughs) scenes of a movie or broadcast, a continuity error, you don't want any continuity offensively with this staff. Like, you don't no, want any of that. You know, like, but the lack of continuity means you're starting over from formula with a rookie quarterback. What are you going to do? Install a new offense? You don't have you training. Now you, can, now, you are forced to have continuity. But in terms of the decision of another C, we're going to use another C, the coordinator, you, you cannot be looking for continuity. Because here's my last C. There is no compelling reason other than them having to maintain continuity because of the timing of the decision for them to make the decision to keep anyone on their offensive staff as the coordinator of this offense. And I think, and this comes to Jake shoots stuff because Jake just wrote, Pickett said the offense doesn't study enough. I don't know what that means. Um, but but let me let me finish real quick, Neil. Hard to argue. <laughs> um, I don't know what they are doing, but if, if honestly though, if, if Pickett is correct on that, I don't think we study enough as a group. You've got a couple moves you need to make, and probably, I don't know. You're, I'm not blaming Canada for that, but now it, Claypool called out Canada pretty aggressively last week, professionally 
I thought it was a great comment. We talked about that on the, on the, the show this week um, when Lance was out on assignment. I liked what Claypool had to say. I, I felt it was very measured. It was accurate. It was fair. And it was poignant. It was something that should have been said. Something to the effect of there's more that we can do to set up deeper stuff. They don't run combo routes. They're not using uh, receivers to set up other receivers. It's all very independent. It's a good comment. Your quarterback is now saying that we don't study as an offense. What the hell is going on? What, what are you guys doing then? If you're not studying, if you're not drawing up stuff that can make you successful, what are you doing? Because nothing is is working, clearly. And again, it's not punitive, meaning it's not a punishment. I'm not looking for blood in, in getting rid of Mad Canada. I'm just saying that clearly he doesn't have control of the ship. These are things they shouldn't be saying, okay? Ben Roethlisberger can say those things. Your rookie quarterback who leads the league in turnovers, despite the fact he plays half as much as everybody else has, shouldn't be talking about who isn't studying. How is he seeing that? That's To me, that's a major problem. You, you are lacking exactly as Najee Harris said, discipline. And Najee Harris shouldn't be the guy talking about discipline either. What is going on? Why are there no veteran voices in this? Why are the, the young guys talking up as loudly as they are? What's going on, Matt? That's what I want to know. Why Why is this happening? If you don't have an answer for it, except this is going to get better at some point, sorry, you know, we'll, we'll help you pack. Here's bus fare. You got to go. Thanks. We'll, we'll Charter. let you know. That's another C. Chartered flight. C, chartered. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, 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 when we talked about compelling, <laughs> he, here's the reason, in my opinion, to make the change. Part of what Claypool said, the fact that there doesn't seem to be cohesion on the offense, guys are speaking out of turn, out of school, and that's part of coordination as well, is having everybody on the same, having everybody on the same page, us having a common vision, us having a common goal, so on and so forth. That, that, that's part of it as well. But I think you just make it simple. You use film to be your guide and you look at your quarterback. You just make the decision. Do you think this coordinator can improve your quarterback? Your quarterback is this investment. You need this quarterback to become what you think he can become. Can this coordinator get this guy here? Can this offense that he's putting together get this guy to where we need to get this quarterback to be. I think you can clearly say another C. No, hell no, absolutely not. The offense is absolutely broken. But I want I want to flip real quick from the offense. And we're going to talk more on Wednesday about, you know, what happens during the bye week and self-scouting, a lot of correction, uh, but I want to dive into that on Wednesday's show. Like, what do you think is going to happen in terms of this bye week, in terms of what is the staff going to do? But I want to give some flowers to uh, to Edmonds, to Terrell Edmonds. Man, Edmonds is playing some really good ball. He did, he did a nice job a couple times today that I saw. He He's playing some really good ball. He ran one-on-one with A.J. Brown and, and broke up a deep shot. When A.J. Brown absolutely was killing the candy bar, Akella Witherspoon, 
Uh, I mean, that was just you know Witherspoon that was just, got benched by the way. I want to point I mean, that he, out. When you I get mean, he was just getting James killed. Pierre. <laughs> I mean, he he was the where, candy bar. Where's I mean, everybody who loved Witherspoon? We're going to the moon with Witherspoon. Where are those people? What happened to that? Witherspoon is like the hottest and coldest player in the NFL. We saw this in Seattle. Whatever it is that happened, we we saw exactly what he's doing right now. And he was flat awful. That's why he got benched. He's been hurt. Maybe he was you know bothered by that. I hope he's okay. But uh, he he was flat awful. His they ego needed got to get hurt. him out of the game. That's that's what got hurt today. His ego. His ego got hurt because man, coming off of an injury. Going against AJ Brown and the Eagles were ruthless in going after it. They were like, uh, <laughs> they they did the same thing to Pierre too. They targeted him on three straight plays when he first yes. got in the game. He they stood up, you know. Pierre ball. Pierre stood his ground, which was nice. But yeah, we, Witherspoon was oh my god, not good. You know, so it was. Um, I mean, they, I mean, where the Steelers are right now. And by the way, listeners, you're checking out the new standard. Please like and subscribe to the program. Show is hosted by yours truly, Lance Williams and Neil Kulong. It's it's getting out of the sun. You know, they're just in a very weird way. I mean, it was a great throwback game to Battle of Pennsylvania, the Steagles. That's why you've seen some Steagle stuff on here. Um, but the, the Eagles are a team competing for a Super Bowl. The Steelers are a team that is treading, sexy tanking, rebuilding. This is what it looks like. It's going to look good one week. It's going to look bad most weeks. And that's why I asked you the question earlier in the year. I don't think the fan base is prepared for this. They're not used to this. They're not used to what this looks like. But this is what this looks like. And I think going into next year, along with drafting better players, they've got to get this coordinator position right. I If they do the Mike Sullivan thing, no way, man. <laughs> like, it's, no way. You know, it, it's funny. I'm only going to bring this up to, to pat myself on the back for a little bit. In 2012, after Arians was unceremoniously shown the door, uh, digging through offensive coordinator candidates, I came across Mike Sullivan's resume uh, when he was with the Giants. He was the quarterback's coach with the Giants at that point. He worked with Eli uh, and um, David Carr, the backup in New York. And they spoke the world of this guy. And it was like, wow, it's really compelling. The stuff that the, in, in Carr in particular had said. Um, he had great success at that point. I don't think the Steelers um, gave him a look. But I, I felt pretty compelled that like this is a guy who's worth looking at. He eventually went to Tampa Bay. He got stuck with Josh Freeman, who was a, a coordinator killer um, in his incredibly short-lived and awful uh, NFL career. Um, it eventually resurfaces, I think, in college, ends up in Pittsburgh. When he got hired in Pittsburgh, I remembered that article. And I was like, wow, I, geez, he's, he's come a long way since then. He is, by all accounts, and he's picked up steam since then. His players swear by him. They love him. We can't ignore the fact that the last two offensive coordinators the Steelers hired were the team's quarterback's coach before the coordinator got fired and then they got promoted into the job. It's almost like they're hiring the quarterback's coach to get used to what they want for two years as like an intern to graduate into the coordinator position after that. I can't ignore that to the point where 
if we are seriously going to talk about making a change at coordinator, they ha would have the perfect candidate by their process already lined up. It almost seems like that would be compelling for them to, to do that. They would want to move to make this move because this is what they've kind of wanted all along. They wanted Sullivan in that role. Maybe they do. Maybe that's why they get rid of Canada. I don't know. I, I, I can't tell you whether it'll happen or not. I'm just saying, I don't think there's any way in the world you can see Matt Canada right now as anything other than offensive coordinator for at most nine more games with the Steelers. That's it. They're not going to the postseason this season and he's not coming back next year. If you know that, if you're at that point, you do have to pony up a little bit of money. You're going to have to pay a little bit more to, to have basically two coordinators, but one of them's allowed in the building and the other one isn't. Is it worth that to give it a shot now, considering it's getting so bad, your quarterback is open. The rookie quarterback who turns the ball over one every 20 times he does something with it is calling out the rest of the offense publicly. That's not good. There's, there's a lack of leadership that's going on there from a variety of places. But a move like changing out the offensive coordinator, I think, is going to snap people's heads into attention pretty quickly. I, I almost feel like it's the move they have to make now. I, I think they have to do it. I mean, if you're keeping Canada around for continuity that doesn't get you anything, you're going about it the wrong way. And familiarity, Mike, call it familiarity, then. If yes. it's not continuity, call it familiarity. Yeah. Even Bringing if in somebody brand new off yes. the streets is going to make it even now, worse. They're not going to know how to do anything yeah. on day one. Yeah, you're not going to bring anybody from off the street outside the building. But to your point about giving Mike Sullivan a trial run, because as you well know, it's not about rescheming the offense. It's not about it's it's about all it's about a variety of components. And you might want to be, and you could see how he does with the job in real time to where you can make a better decision. That would be the wisest thing for me, would be for them to put Mike Sullivan in the role as the coordinator moving forward. You give him an eight-week sample an eight-week dry run. The season is over. That way, you don't have to guess on whether you think the guy can do it or not. If they did that, I'd feel a little bit better about if they can make a better decision about the coordinator because the process was better, that the process of the way they went about it was better. But you want to know what this season is basically in a nutshell, listeners. It was... Jason Kelsey putting on a Batman mask with eight minutes to go. Out of the game, <laughs> getting on the plane to go to wherever they're going for Thursday's it, game. Yeah, that, was, that's what this season has turned out first, to. First is out early in the fourth. It was like a college game. He put on a Batman mask with eight and a half minutes to go. That's what this season is. Teams that can compete for Super Bowls can have their starters put on Batman masks with eight minutes to go. For all you time of possession nerds, they can have the ball for 24 minutes, score a bazillion points, and blow you out and get you home on your way quickly. I mean, it's it's that's what this is. So I, I'm all on board, and I encourage you guys to continue to check out the show. I'm still excited about the progression of Kenny Pickett to see where this goes. I'm still watching intently every week 
to see what Pickett is developing into, what he's becoming. Is he going to stop turning the ball over? I mean, what is Kenny Pickett going to look like? That's what I'm excited to see. What is he going to look like week 17 if he makes it to week 17? Because if he keeps getting hit like this week, Maybe he not. Got, he got they they put him on his butt a couple times today. Hargrave. So day. I mean that, that that that's where it is this year. I mean you know that that's where it is. I'm not gonna watch every game like Jake shoot stuff because I'm a masochist. But this is <laughs> this part of football is, is fun to me. It's the developmental stuff. This is our these are the building blocks to the next team. The offensive line didn't play well today, but they played much better over the last few weeks. James Daniel. We thought James Daniel was going to be terrible. Uh, but he's played good football this year. Cole has played okay. solid. Okay. I mean, Moore is still Dan Moore. But yeah, it's baby steps this year. It's he baby even, steps. Dan Moore can't even walk. <laughs> he might crawl. You know, you know who got whipped today was Dotson. The Hargrave ate Dotson alive. I mean, that was a couple of those were bad. Uh, he's not going to enjoy film. Um Bad game from the line today. They, they've been doing okay, which isn't to say they're awesome by any stretch, but they've been doing better than what I thought they would do. They they got taken to school today. Not good. Aerial 75. We still but, look yeah, good can, on paper. Can, let's, okay, let's dive into this. Who looks good on paper? That's what Steelers? I'm wondering. <laughs> the 15-point-a-game the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the team that ran 70 plays today and gained 300 yards. It's like, do you remember those games? Joe Flacco would go like 50 for 70 for 300 yards. Like he completed nothing but four yard passes in front of him. That's the Steelers offense right now. They, they I don't, don't know if you saw the good on paper. Today, what paper are you looking at? <laughs> this is what else is on the paper? They don't look good on paper at all. I, I don't know if you saw the stat before we get out of here, Neil, where I think they posted that the Eagles had scored more second quarter points. Then the yeah. Steelers had scored in a whole season. Points, period. But, and but then like they a added touchdown, I was like, wow. Number. I was like, wow, well, the it, it, that's not team, an indictment. Man, I, I, I picked the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. I'm not making that up. They, they're that balanced. Their coaching is that good. And they, at, they got A.J. Brown for nothing from Tennessee. What a stupid move that was. Um, and we, we saw it today. We saw how good A.J. Brown is. The guy is a beast. I can't believe that's all he was available for. If he would, fuck, I would trade Kenny Pickett for AJ Brown in a heartbeat. I know that. If, if that's all it took, we would have given you a 20 overall for that guy. I'd have paid him $20 million. Just gave Deontay Johnson this basically a two year version of Brown's contract. That's how good of a deal that was for Philadelphia. Just a, oh. like one team's rising, one team isn't in, in the state of Pennsylvania. I think we know the answer to that question today. That's for sure. Absolutely. So, listeners, Make sure you stay tuned because we will be bringing you something on Wednesday. Not sure. I, I, I'll check with you, Neil. Not sure about anything on Sunday because there is no game. I think we need a break, too, just like the players need a break. So I'm not sure we're going to bring you anything on no, Sunday this, because there's this no This is game. my break. Um, but um, we'll definitely jump into uh, uh, something for you on Wednesday. I really want to dive into the mechanics of the bye week. Uh, and, and what is going on at that time and what the coaches are doing in, in terms of how they're evaluating themselves and self-scouting and what that could possibly look like on the other side of the bye. But with that, we're going to go ahead and conclude the show. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and grab a Iron City beer.
We're out of here.